You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Gillen Hawks, Vice President of Product Management and Analytics for Six River Systems. The omni-channel fulfillment story has had to evolve at breakneck speed just to keep up with the constantly increasing demand signals of the e-commerce market. That story has since been augmented with the help of autonomous mobile robots. But what kind of challenges should you expect when balancing high-demand productivity with keeping warehouse workers safe on the job? Killen Hawks, VP of Product Management and Analytics for Six River Systems, has some ideas to keep your business running like clockwork. Joining me today is Gillen Hawks, Vice President of Product Management and Analytics for Six River Systems. Gillen, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, before we get started, how are you holding up in uh, what is shaping up to be the new normal for 2020? I don't think anything is normal these days. I always laugh when people say that word. You know, we're all we're all just you know getting on with getting on. You know, work. There's actually really good stuff about it, right? Flexibility. Um, this morning I went for a run a little later than I normally would, um, and I didn't have to worry about rushing into the office to get to this podcast. So, um, so there's good stuff, but there's challenges. But thank you for asking. We're all good, thankfully, and just kind of like waiting for the next stage. <laughs> Hopefully, it comes soon. <laughs> Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, Gillen, uh, could you take our audience actually through uh, a little bit about your background in the industry, uh, what you've done before, and what you're currently doing with Six River Systems today? I'd love to. Yeah. So um, I've been at uh, in this space generally for about 15 or so years, both here in the U.S. but also over in Europe. And I actually spent um, most of those 15 years in the omni-channel space. And actually, you didn't even call it that back 15 years ago when it started. <laughs> uh, it was kind of e-commerce was still kind of a right. new funky thing. Um, and somehow I landed in that space. And then obviously, what luck, right? It's absolutely exploded into e-commerce, omni-channel, multi-channel, all sorts of ways of, of serving the customer better. And so I did that for about uh, 12 years with large retailers uh, like Tesco, and Marks and Spencer over in the UK and help them build out their e-commerce and, and ultimately omni-channel um, capabilities. Um, and then moved to the US, did much the same for large retailers here, uh, Home Depot and Staples most recently. And then I, I, I got the bug of trying something very, very different. And that's when I landed at Sixer Systems. And um, you know, my job before was all about getting customers down to click that buy button. And I always like to say now my job starts when customers hit that buy button. Then that the order pops into the six river world and the customers that we help not make sure that they're fulfilling those orders effectively, quickly for customers. So it's a nice extension of where I started my career and I'm absolutely loving it and huge challenges yeah. ahead for all of us. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Now, speaking of that uh, e-commerce explosion, uh, when we talk about e-commerce or omni-channel, uh, that story is often presented uh, from the consumer's perspective, right? Ordering, purchasing, picking up easily from anywhere. Uh, if we peel back the uh, the layers a little bit and peek behind the curtain, how do uh, warehouse robots and automation fit into that omni-channel story? Yeah, good question. And and actually, I would I would back up a little bit and say before we get into actually how robots and and can help fulfillment and AMRs can help, you got to go back to the basics, right? And inventory availability mm. is is the basics, right? It is like the glue and the and the and the everything that makes it happen. You know, and so I think, uh, you know, having an omni-channel inventory management system that unifies inventory availability across the multiple sources, um, stores, 
and fulfillment centers is is the is the core basic um, uh, you know, premise upon which you can build. And I think I love the quote, and I'm going to read it here because it's such a good one from from Target's chief supply chain and logistics officer, officer Arthur Valdez Jr. And he says, you know, basically, I can, he can summarize Target's uh, omnichannel success in two words: one inventory. And then he goes on to say, a unified inventory strategy is the anchor and the catalyst for Target's unique and successful transition to store-centric omni-channel fulfillment. And I think that says it all, like that is the basic. And then you, once you've got that in place, and many, many retailers have made those really hard investments, but with that single view of inventory in place, then AMRs and robots can come in by equipping retailers to get that inventory to where it needs to be more quickly and efficiently. Um, and that's either fulfilling you know, e-commerce orders from stores um, themselves or for, or from fulfillment centers um, or getting, you know, retail replenishment orders more quickly out to stores. Um, and then obviously very much in vogue right now is stuff, is stuff like curbside pickup and buy online pickup in store. And AMRs uh, can help achieve all of that, either the actual picking in the store to, to help the associates pick those orders more quickly, because in store pickup, let's be honest, you expect it to, to, to be ready curbside within like a couple of hours, right? And that's now mainstream. So AMRs help speed the fulfillment. Um, and actually thinking a little farther ahead, AMRs really, you know, if we put our mind to it, can do the kind of last hundred feet, if you will, and deliver those orders directly to the customer's car. Customers sit in the car and not even get out um, uh, or maybe open their trunk, right? And then and then quickly grab grab the orders off of the AMR, the robot, and stick it in their trunk. And there's your contactless, super safe experience right there. So lots of different ways, but obviously built off of the, the foundation of that inventory visibility across all, you know, all locations. Yeah. Uh, if we go back into the warehouse then again, uh, how do uh, AMR makers uh, help keep those uh, fleshier counterparts uh, safe on the job? And I'm really, you know, this is such a, such an amazing story. I mean, when this all hit us all back in March, immediately here at, at Six Rivers, we, um, you know, had a, a huge brainstorm session um, and said, how can we help our customers do two things. One is deal with the huge, tremendous influx of volume that we anticipated because of, of e-commerce orders that we anticipated because of um, COVID. And we'll, we'll come back to that. But the other thing that we, we thought a lot about is making associates safe, right? How can we help um, uh, e you know, fulfillment centers be safe so that they could continue with those orders? I mean, crucial orders, right? You know, f food and water and toilet paper, which was, you know, a priority back then. And so, you know, what we came up with a couple of really easy and, and cheap and simple ways of doing it. Some stuff we could do on our end very easily. One of which, one of which was we, we looked at the kind of navigation and path planning that our robots took in the warehouse. And we made sure that we minimized or eliminated the opportunities for those robots working with pickers to pass each other in an aisle, right? So spreading out uh, associates from each other because we can, um, they're following the robot and we can make sure that the robots aren't coming close to each other. So reducing the opportunity for spreading the virus that way. But then once the associates are using um, our robots, you know, simple things like instead of them using the touch screen uh, with their hand, uh, we gave them styluses so that they could avoid touching the touch screens with their hands. Cleaning equipment, we gave them, you know, an attachment to stick on their robot so that they could wipe down and sanitize before and after their shifts. 
Um, and, you know, those are really simple things. But overall, you know, if you think, think about um, automation in general, automation reduces the number of people it takes to pick the same number of orders. So just in general, there's a fewer number of associates needed to pick the same amount of volume, which is helping right there. Um, a, because I know there's, you know, there's a labor shortage anyway in many parts of the country, but certainly with COVID, um, you know, people were getting sick. And so, you know, you had fewer associates available to come and pick. And so picking with AMRs um, is more efficient. You need fewer associates to, to deal with, you know, the influx of orders. And, and again, it's also easy to train new, new associates who might be coming in to uh, fill a new, a new job that's been vacated by someone uh, who's hopefully temporarily sick. Um, and if it's easy to train them and get them productive right away, that was another area where AMRs can really help. So um, really felt proud that we can help uh, our, you know, all the customers uh, get through this, these challenging times. Yeah. You mentioned the influx of orders. Uh, a lot of DCs uh, have seen spikes in demand for products, particularly during this pandemic. Uh, so dealing with that demand and uh, and still trying to ensure safety for uh, for the people in the warehouse, that's got to be a, a deft balancing act. So what can robot makers do to to make sure that you can hit those productivity goals and still keep people safe? Yeah, and but this is a really this is an ongoing daily dialogue with our customers because <laughs> we didn't know no one knew what was coming, right? And in some areas of the business, um, especially those been people, uh, customers who were serving retail stores, they temporarily saw a real dip in their volume, um, and but other customers saw a huge spike in their volume as as you know. People stopped going out and were turning to online ordering, obviously. So, and with all of those challenges, um, it was important for operators to be able to um, understand the balance between productivity and safety. Um, as we talked about trying to, you know, trying to adjust the, the way pickers pick yet not killing their productivity because they were also dealing with a lot of volume. So the way we solved this is we ran, we have a great way to simulate um, and achieve that balance to so test various configurations um, of our software and our hardware to ensure the right balance of safety and productivity um, was one so that we could share with customers how we were gonna change their operation to help them achieve whatever balance they, they wanted to achieve. Also, it's very easy to shift AMRs and redeploy AMRs um, across the network to lower risk areas. If there's a hotspot in one area and they can shift their volume to another DC that's not in, in a hotspot, um, it's easy. And within uh, you know, 24, 48 hours, you can take an AMR and, and literally physically move it to the new um, filming center where that volume has been redirected to, to avoid the hotspots. And then flip it back right at when, when the hotspots move around, as, as we've seen. And also, I think the final thing I would say here is that it's it's very easy to dial up or down some of those safety protocols that we talked about, um, depending on the, the risk at the site in any particular moment. You can quickly relax or amp up the safety mechanisms and the, and the, and the path planning um, optimization that we talked about earlier, um, really just through a, a software upgrade. So there's um, no, uh, it's very, it's touchless. Um, and so I think there's a lot of ways that we can help customers balance and deal with, you know, the ongoing uh, changes and shifts that are happening. Um, and those are just some of them. Now, uh, we're quickly approaching holiday peak season, right? And uh, this 2020 peak season is definitely uh, the uh, a very different set of challenges than anything we've probably seen before. Uh, 
what can robot vendors do to support fulfillment centers given this unprecedented set, set of circumstances? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm laughing because we've honestly spent nothing but the last couple of months really working on this. And what it comes down to, and one of the, the biggest tools we have in our arsenal uh, here at Six Server, but also with AMRs in general, is the flexibility right? So we are not bolted to the ground. And that is a huge advantage. Um, so, you know, during peak season, um, we sometimes see our uh, customer volumes uh, multiply, you know, seven times their normal volume. And so we can easily add additional robots, as, as I'm sure many AMR companies have that flexibility. You can drop in robots for seasonal needs, shift robots around from other warehouses, as we, as we talked about earlier. Um, and here at Six Surfers, we are really proud of a program that we call the Hot Swaps program. And that is a very quick, low contact. Within 48 or 72 hours, we can get a new robot to you, um, either as to add to the fleet, but also in case there's a, there's a repair that we couldn't actually fix remotely, we can hot swap out and drop in a new robot and take the, the, the um, uh, dysfunctional one away within 48 hours. Um, and that, again, that flexibility means that you don't have to wait for a repair person to come or worry that a repair person isn't comfortable coming. Um, so that word flexibility, I think, is the biggest thing that is uh, uh, our, our uh, way of handling the peak season changes that, that are happening um, right now. And Cyber, Friday, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, the curve this year is going to look, uh, who knows, who knows what it's going to look like this year, but um, <laughs> we're going to be able to handle it. Yeah. Now, regarding those changes, uh, with all of these AMRs uh, in the warehouse uh, to deal with this pandemic, once we've passed this, and hopefully that's sooner rather than later, uh, and we enter that yeah. new normal that we talked about at the top of the show, uh, are these changes uh, going to persist uh, after we've uh, we've moved on from this? You know, these are changes that we're 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 happening already, as you know, right? Mm. But there's a lot of data points, and I'll talk to a couple of them here that point to that the COVID has accelerated those um, those shifts, but and those shifts are here to stay. I mean, just like kind of I was talking about earlier, I got used to you know going for my run at a more friendly hour of the day. I, I kind of like that, and I, customers are saying they kind of like services like buy online, pick up in store. Um, and I think a recent McKinsey report that that 56% um, of of customers plan um, to continue using Bopus buy online, pick up in store even after the pandemic, um, and and this and a, and a high number for for grocery delivery as well, 45%, almost half customers say that they'll continue to use grocery delivery services after the pandemic has subsided. So, um, you know, it means that the, the, you know, that the new norm is going to be constantly shifting. Um, and, and in short, the opportunity, that means what that means for us and for this conversation is that the opportunity for automation and warehouse robots to support the new norm and as that change changes is really here to stay. Um, and, um, you know, some of the shifts that are also accelerating besides, you know, grocery delivery and, and curbside pickup and things like that is just the faster and faster um, delivery expectations that customers had. I mean, if it wasn't that long ago that kind of two day was pretty cool and very, very exciting. And actually now that's that's two hours. You know, you have some orders that are delivered within two hours. And, you know, that is 
that and that expectation isn't going to go away. Uh, it's probably going to get even tighter. And so what does that mean? You know, that means that fulfillment is going to have to start and, um, and happen closer and closer to where the customers are because it's just physically not going to be possible no matter how quickly you can pick an order um, in the middle of the country at a warehouse to get it to a, a coastal customer within two hours. So by definition, fulfillment locations are going to be happening from smaller and smaller footprints that are closer and closer to where customer uh, customers are. And in many cases, those are going to be spaces that weren't originally designed for fulfillment, right? Like, like live stores, but we're already seeing a huge amount of, of direct-to-consumer orders being fulfilled from stores, live stores where they're you know, there are customers shopping, and that presents a challenge in of itself to have robots interacting with customers. But, you know, again, everything is changing, and, and you know, customers are getting used to seeing robots compete for uh, the last bottle of ketchup in the aisle these days. <laughs> um, so, and more of that to come, I think. Um, but, you know, yes, the shifts are going to stay, um, and AMRs can help uh, retailers and uh, fulfillment uh, companies deal with that shift, and, and we already are. Uh, and and we're we're seeing actually that um, it's actually something that we can help with in a really really um, uh, thoughtful way. Um, we can talk a little bit more about that in terms of the omni-channel opportunity and and moving some of the the smarts from um, AMRs off of actual AMRs and into um, handheld devices that are more appropriate for some of these smaller. Uh, fulfillment locations that are close to customers. Um, so we're thinking very creatively about how to to help fulfillment in this new world. I'm not so sure I want to fight a robot for a bottle of ketchup, but <laughs> um, <laughs> regarding <laughs> but regarding those changes where fulfillment's happening outside of that traditional DC, uh, are there other changes that you've seen in how customers are using robots on the job? Uh, during the pandemic and, and maybe beyond? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, customers have faced really specific challenges with the uh, pandemic's impact on their, their retail stores, right? Like foot traffic is way down. Uh, you know, that was happening already, but that, the, that foot mm -hmm. traffic um, has really dipped for, for the obvious reasons. And that really challenges the economics of the store and, and, and the role of the store. And so retailers are uh, really aggressively rethinking how they're going to use stores and turn them into something that is um, pr productive in this new environment. And many of them are going to do that by fulfilling orders from those stores for e-commerce customers or, as we talked about earlier, making them pick up locations for customers who want products really, really quickly. Um, and so that can either be doing that fulfillment from stores that are serving walk-in customers, uh, a diminishing number, sadly, but walk-in customers, um, but also converting them to what we call dark stores, where there are no customers, but those stores are look like a store, um, but it's actually just used for order picking and fulfillment. Um, and doing those kinds of conversions, either converting a live store to a dark store or picking from a live store. It sounds easy, but it's a real challenge, and, and it takes a lot to get that right. Um, and so we talked earlier about, yes, in some, in some formats that are large enough and where the volume is large enough, an AMR robot could be used to help associates pick orders more efficiently. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of stores out there where those aisles are really tight, right, and or the volume that is being fulfilled from a store really doesn't merit the um, the cost of a robot. And in those situations, um, you know, we, we can abstract 
um, how the software really uh, that helps pickers pick orders efficiently and accurately and put it on a handheld device that is much more cost effective and probably in, in, in some cases more conducive to a smaller, tighter uh, store environment. Um, and so that's one of the ways that we're thinking of creatively how to set up success, uh, retailers for success um, as they reach change their business model. Fascinating conversation. Uh, it's uh, again that whole new normal is, is shaping up to be a, a whole different world, right? But uh, where can the audience go to find out more information uh, about uh, AMR and uh, all kinds of uh, other information that Six River Systems can provide? Yeah, I mean, SixRiver.com, the number SixRiver.com is where you can learn all about Six River Systems and and how we can help you either start an omni-channel journey, accelerate your omni-channel journey, or amplify what you've already got in terms of putting uh, AMRs into your fulfillment locations, wherever they may be, stores, fulfillment centers. Um, we know you're having lots of challenges, and we'd love to hear from you and, and start a dialogue and see how we can help. So come visit us uh, at SixRiver.com. Fantastic. Gillen Hawks, thank you so much for your time. Stay safe out there. I will. You too. And have a great day. Good to talk to you. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash get il. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.